The next time you're on Interstate 80, stop in and see the folks at the Iowa 80 Truck Stop at Exit 284 in Walcott, Iowa. They're always open and ready to serve you. Enjoy a sit-down meal at the Iowa 80 Kitchen or grab a bite from one of their nine quick-serve restaurants. You'll love their clean restrooms, huge gift store, beautiful convenience store, and, of course, the Super Truck Showroom stocked with plenty of chrome, lights, and more. While you're there, don't forget to visit the Iowa 80 Trucking Museum next door. It's free. The entire team at the Iowa 80 is very excited to celebrate 60 years with you. They look forward to being your home away from home for another 60 years. Sending you a giant thank you from Iowa 80, the world's largest truck stop on I-80, exit 284 in Walcott, Iowa. Iowa 80. It's Red Eye Radio. Gary McNamara and Eric Harley talk about everything from politics to social issues and news of the day. Whether you're up late or you're just starting your day, welcome to the show. From the Uniden America Studios, this is Red Eye Radio. All across America and around the world, 86690 Red Eye. He is Eric Harley and I'm Gary McNamara. Good morning. All right. Well, you you helped uh, you helped me here with this because I couldn't figure it out last week when we were chatting about this. But okay. uh, it's uh, it's coming to be on May first. Homeowners with good credit scores will soon be facing higher mortgage fees as the Biden administration seeks to close the racial homeownership gap and get uh, more first time and low income buyers through the door. The new federal rule could raise the monthly mortgage payments of buyers with good credit scores by over $60 a month, while riskier borrowers will get more favorable terms because their fees will be reduced. Now, you just straighten this out for me because I went, well, how can they pass that in an executive order? They can't regulate the mortgage, the private mortgage industry like that. Well, they're not. This is if you get a loan through Fannie or Freddie, yeah, right? Yeah, if it's okay. originated through Fannie or Freddie. Okay, now... Right. You know, since I don't know how these things work anymore, since I don't have a mortgage anymore. Mm. <laughs> okay. I'm just a caveman talk show host. I don't know of your I, I, I don't, modern mortgages. You know, I, I can't remember how I, well, I mean, I got my, I got my mortgage. Uh, initially, I believe I got my mortgage uh, through a, uh, a broker. But uh, uh, I, be- that's, I believe that's how I got it the first time. Hmm. And then I ref- I can't remember how I refinanced it. But how do you get one? Now, you and I talked about this because when we refinanced last time, we both refinanced like in the same month. Yeah. And both of our loans, mine went to, mine was sold from a private bank mm-hmm. to Freddie Mac. Mm-hmm. And did yours go to Fannie Mae or was it Freddie Fannie Mae? Mm-hmm. Fa- Fa- yeah. So our, and, but you did it privately. How do you even sign up just for a Freddie Mac loan? It's the application process that, and, the I know that the real estate has to meet certain standards. The home that you're buying has to meet certain standards. Okay, so um, it, it's so o- you, it's only it's during the application process, and that's why they can do it because these yeah. are pseudo government right, banks, right? And so they can change the rule yeah. on that because yep. that's what I couldn't figure out last week because it, they didn't specify it, and it's like the well, higher the credit rating, the higher the credit rating, the more the, money you'll the have more to pay. money you'll have to pay. My question is, great, 
wait six months and tank your credit score. If you've got 20000 down <laughs> or whatever, if you've already got your down payment. Now, here's, here's the other question is <laughs> I don't know how low it goes before you are not qualified to borrow to begin with. But they're talking about what they say, 680. If it's above 680, that's where the fees start to increase. Yes. Yes. Well, I'm no math genius, but that's below 700. Yes. And you're still qualifying for the mortgage. Well, the reason you are, and this makes sense too, is because of Fannie and Freddie. Yeah, you you would be a, that would be a a good credit score now, where you would have to pay more a month. Now, 680 or You may have a a great credit score of, you know, above 800 but still not be wealthy. Still not have high income. Oh yeah. You just have paid your You're paid debts. Your bills. Yeah. And, you know, so you know, that's the thing is that we're not talking about the rich. No, we're not. Nah, that's a great point though. That's a If you're if, especially if yeah. you're applying for mm-hmm. Fannie or Freddie loan, then you're looking for a little bit of help. And instead, they're punishing you mm-hmm. for your responsible behavior. behavior. Yep. And by the way, now they're saying it's 60. Remember, last week was 40. Yeah. A month. Yeah. So that means your mortgage uh, will cost $720 more a year. Right. And it's not going to principal. Right. Yeah. Now, my question is, all right, but what about qualifying for a certain rate? And and that's, again, where Fannie and Freddie come in. I don't know how that works directly on a loan origination with Fannie or Freddie if your credit score is, let's say, below 680, right? And you're applying for a Fannie or Freddie loan, then are you not also paying at least a half a point higher because of your low credit. I don't know. I'm not sure. But this idea of punishing people, and again, this isn't the wealthy you're talking about. No, it's not. No. They're not the ones who are out there, uh, you know, who are are um, uh, applying for a Fannie or Freddie loan. So you're talking about working class people who have done everything right. Mm-hmm. And they don't have the earnings that, you know, other people have. So they're looking for a Fannie or Freddie loan and they're going to be punished. Well, as we have said, if you're if you're somebody, if you're in the middle class or even if you're not in the middle class, if you're in the lower middle class, but you say, nope, I'm I, I'm. I'm not going to I'm not going to depend on government. Mm-hmm. I'll work two jobs. Yeah. You know, like our parents did. Mm-hmm. Like we did for a significant period of time. Mm-hmm. Uh in our in our lives, you know, you work a job and a half or you work two jobs. And so you don't wish to become a burden, you're actually by the tax system, you're punished for that. Right. What if you're a minority who has a high credit score? And you're applying for a Fannie or Freddie. Because what they're saying is that the current system is racially biased. Yes. 
What about the minorities who have a high credit score and are paying more? You'll have to pay more. That's racist by their own term. <laughs> by their own well, purpose for well, changing this. Well, well, that's, I mean, you're you're getting into delicate territory because everything is racism well, to them. <laughs> you have a point. But for this specifically, no, you're, they're changing good. it so that it better favors minorities, except with, for the minorities with a with the who have done have every, a, that have a higher credit score who, who have done everything right and pay their bills and and so have a higher credit score right then they also have to pay. That's racist. I don't know when the lawsuits begin. You and I were kind of um, uh, throwing that back and forth off the air. I guess after somebody's originated a loan and then, you know, can claim the damage at that point. Right. Well, my question was more on the lawsuits was really the last week question where I didn't know this was only for Fannie and Freddie loans. And mm-hmm. I was like, well, how can they do that? Mm-hmm. And that to me would have been the first lawsuit that would have come from, but there'd be a number of parties that would be, that could be the claim damage once it happened. But mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Since it's not the private banks, well, they can set the rules for well, Fannie and, and Freddie. And these fees already apply in smaller numbers, but they're changing the game. These Fannie and Freddie fees apply already, but they're smaller. So, and it's not on a basis of your credit score. And so now it's changed the game. I mean, yeah, I, I don't know, you know why you would worry about at that. Because here's the thing. Uh, what if you are not a minority and you have a low credit score? That means you're going to benefit, right? Yeah, because who's, who's benefiting? What they're saying is, <clears throat> in general, mm-hmm. minorities have a lower score. Right. It doesn't mean that minorities aren't going to that right. have a better credit score Correct. aren't going to pay. And it doesn't Correct. mean that... Uh, majorities or whites that have a lower credit score won't benefit, right? Because I think if you did it that if you did it that way, well, no, we're only going to go after there'd be mega lawsuits if you said we're only going to go after white people with mm-hmm. a particular credit score, right? So, who gets screwed is the people that have tried harder and worked, worked harder, harder to pay their bills to pay their bills, yes, irrespective. Of your ethnicity. That's right. How dare you? How dare, <laughs> we need? How dare you pay your bills you on know, time? We we need to punish you because I'm looking at it and and my thought is well okay let's put the clothes off for ninety days give me some time to tank my credit score <laughs> and then I'll fix it once we close. Because that's how credit scores work. I know. Yeah. And no, no, they go. I, I uh, what was it? I did something last month. How did my credit score go down? Uh, I'm like, I'm not even sure what I did. But if you ever make a big purchase on your credit card, mm-hmm. you, know, you make a five thousand, six thousand dollar purchase. Yeah. Even if it's, even if it's not, you know, whatever the purchase is, is not at all a great percentage whatsoever of your overall wealth or savings. It doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. You watch that credit score dip, you know, 30 points. It's like, what? Yeah, it's a change in, in yeah. behavior. And so that's what they look at. Whoa. 
You just bought something that you typically don't buy. So you could tank it in six months. You could you could tank mm-hmm. it hundred points. <laughs> yeah. And then go back and then get the loan, and then six months later, you could buy then, you know, within a year of getting the home, but you improve it, your credit score Isn't again. everything going to go that way? You know, you look at Social Security and Medicare. Well, I expect Social Security yeah, and Medicare to be means-tested. Not, not in my lifetime, because mm-hmm. they won't do it to the grandfather, the, you know, the old folks like me in. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I don't think they'll change it once you do it. I don't think they'll means-test once you're in it, but I do think that future generations will be mean tested they're changing it will no longer be basically a you know a partial pension plan it will be welfare yeah it'll be senior it it will be it will be senior welfare which means you know you will you'll be means you'll have to pay into it but Mm -hmm. you may not at all because now the more you pay in the more you get back right which is more like a pension plan right it's the complete opposite to where they know they have to take it which is means to move the age back means test uh you know raise the amount that you have to that you your premiums that you have to uh to put in mm-hmm. and you know if you talk about the you know if you talk about uh, where the cap is right now removing that cap means a lot of people are going to have to pay a lot more for social security and get reduced benefits or maybe no benefits and therefore it becomes yeah. a welfare program yep Yep. It is no longer an entitlement program. It would be a sense of entitlement program. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> finally. Right. We, yeah, finally. Finally. We, finally, we've gotten to that uh, point. They would be right in their outrage. Yeah, if, yeah. People, if people understand the point, we, we still get it and we still correct where people say, you guys called Social Security it's an entitlement program. It's not an entitlement program because you paid into it, therefore you're entitled to get it. Well, Which is why they call it an entitlement the program. the definition, actually, of a right. real entitlement, right. not the sense not the of sense entitlement. Of entitlement. Right. It'll soon become a sense. Of, yeah, the sense. They'll call it the sense of entitlement. The sense of entitlement programs. Eight six six ninety red eye. Applications are now being accepted for two new USDA grant programs through June nineteenth under the umbrella of meat and poultry processing capacity expansion. Agriculture Undersecretary for Marketing and Regulatory Programs Jenny Moffitt says the Indigenous Animals Harvesting and Meat Processing Grant Program and the Local Meat Capacity Grant Program are making $125 million in total available. And important for both, especially since we're reaching applications and applicants who may not have background and applying for federal grant programs, is that we're making technical assistance available for the application process as well as if they receive grant funding through the whole process as well through the meat and poultry processing capacity technical assistance program. More information about both grant programs are available online at www.usda.gov meat. I'm Rod Bain reporting for the U.S. Department of Agriculture in Washington, D.C. This report is made possible by Cenex Roadmaster XL Premium Diesel and Sitco Lubricants. Lines open for your calls. 866-90-RED-EYE on Red Eye Radio. And now for a segment called Just Something I've Noticed, brought to you by our friends at Motel 6. Just something I've noticed. We don't give enough credit to signs, and we really should. That sign over there tells you great French fries. That sign over there tells you this is your exit. And look at that legendary sign. It's the Motel 6 sign. It tells you a great night's rest at a great price. Book online at motel6.com 
and use the code CPRUDEYE to get 15% off your stay at Motel 6 or Studio 6. With almost 1,500 locations across the country, there's almost always a Motel 6 or Studio 6 nearby. Look for the signs. And truck parking is available at most locations. Enjoy a clean, comfortable room at a great price when you use the code CPRUDEYE. That's the letter CP. Red Eye, all one word, for 15% off your stay at Motel6.com. That's a great deal. And that's just something I've noticed. Brought to you by Motel 6. Afford Anything talks about how to avoid common pitfalls, how to refine your mental models, and how to think about how to think. Paula, while certainly you can mess up on a million dollars a year, it is far less likely than it is on $30,000 a year. Right. I would meet wonderful people that were struggling with a budget that was super tight. It was 100%. You need to make more money. Make smarter choices and build a better life. Afford anything, wherever you listen. It's Red Eye Radio. He's Eric Harley, and I'm Gary McNamara, 866-90-RED-EYE. Okay, uh, let's talk uh, debates. Uh, You have Democratic presidential candidate Marianne Williamson and Robert Kennedy Jr. criticize the lack of Democratic primary debates as undemocratic and unfortunate. It robs the voters. Hmm. The DNC plans no primary debates. As though there were are there are simply no other candidates, no other ideas we should discuss about the ways to win in twenty twenty four, or other ideas that we should discuss about ways to repair the country. Too many people are too smart to accept this," said Marianne Williamson. Mm-hmm. She uh, joined Robert uh, Kennedy Jr., who uh, also uh, uh, said that. Uh, he vehemently disagrees with it, both calling it undemocratic. So now we have Democrats calling the Democratic Party undemocratic, uh-huh. racist, sexist, uh-huh. yeah. you know, all that. Yeah. These are Democrats. Yeah. You know, the racist, sexist, not today, but I mean, that's all part Wait of it. Wait for it, but, yeah. Uh, meanwhile, from the Republican side, Ronna McDaniel said every Republican debate will have a conservative partner. Now, the first one's going to be on Fox and Rumble. Okay. And she said, we're going to try to stay away from, uh, you know, big tech uh, on this, but said they're going to have to go to mainstream media. will be part of a Republican debate mm-hmm. saying uh, it would be difficult to do otherwise as there are not, not enough conservative networks to work with, but there will be a conservative element. I hope like a Chris Wallace type is not that conservative element. Yeah, tell me what that would be. I don't trust that the Republicans that the RNC will do the right thing. No, until I see it, I don't believe it. No, they're gonna they're gonna walk right because in it like they always have. They've committed political suicide for as long as I've been covering presidential politics uh, by not saying sorry, nope, can't have that. We need to have this because you're limited to any of these networks you go to. You're limited to whom they're not going to put a conservative anchor from another network on. Right, right. So you're you're telling me that. You would rather have it on another network. I mean, because my question is, all right, why not have them all on Fox? Or uh, why not put it on your channel on YouTube or something? That would be my question. 
They won't do YouTube because it's Google. Mm. All right. Then on your website. Yeah. I mean, otherwise what you're saying is, well, we have no other choice. We need to let the liberals run the show. Why would you do that? Yeah. Because if you do it on CBS, the only person that I would trust to be the conservative would be Catherine Herridge. Yes. For example. Right. There's nobody. I, I don't. NBC or CBS, there's nobody. Right. Because we're talking about the primary yeah, Chris, debates. Yeah, right, because Chris Christie can't be <laughs> can't be doing it because yeah. he'll be part of the debate. Right, right exactly. Uh, by the way, he uh, said yesterday that he will be the nominee in 2024. So just uh, so you know, okay. that's it. Uh, all right. Good luck. But, or he'll be crawling behind the nominee, yeah, yeah. begging for a job. He'll be again. introducing <laughs> the nominee. <laughs> At a function. If you don't know what we're right talking about, they're back what, on the plane. What, 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 what was that one where? What was the one where he looked like a, wimp, a whimpering dog? Uh, what was Trump doing at that point? Because Trump, Trump said, "Go, go, get back on the plane." Go, oh, that go, was it. Yes, yeah. Go get on your plane. Yeah, that was it. Now go get on your. Yeah, thanks, Chris. Go get on your plane. Oh my gosh! It was it was really bad. Oh, it was horrible. Okay, I'll go get on my plane. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Thank you, Mr. Trump. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. That was horrible. It was bad. I'm going to be the nominee. Okay. You can imagine whatever you want. It's your right to dream. But but tell me tell me somebody from ABC or NBC. And I use Catherine Herridge as an example of somebody I would trust on CBS. Yeah, right. But tell me anybody in-house who's a true conservative on right. Right. NBC or ABC. Right. I don't know. Consider yourself canceled if you don't listen nightly. Red Eye Radio. And he's Eric Carley, and I'm Gary McNamara, 86690 Red Eye. Earlier, we were talking about the Biden plan to raise costs for home buyers with good credit to help risky uh, borrowers, but only if you go through uh, Fannie Mae or Freddie Mac for your mortgage. Let's go to Mike in Canton, who has a uh, comment here. Mike, welcome. Canton, Ohio, that is. You're on Red Eye Radio. Welcome to the show. Hi. Thank you. Great show, guys. Glad Thanks. to be here. Appreciate it. Um, I just had a quick. I just had a question. Would there be any advantages to the private banks following along with Freddie Mac, Fannie Mae? No, I no. mean, it's, and could they and, and could they do that? Uh, I mean, in in terms of setting a a policy, they're not going to do that across the board as a banking system. They all have to compete with each other. But having said that, if you've got a lower credit rating, then you're going to be a greater risk, which means you're going to pay a higher interest rate. And that's just the way it is. You're paying, you're paying for that risk that the bank is taking on you. So that's kind of always been the case. 
Uh, but now, <laughs> if you go through Fannie or Freddie, uh, the government is going to reward you if you have a lower credit rating. Yeah, a bank would have yeah, to. I, a, a bank has to list all the fees. You know, you you'd get a you get a whole mm-hmm. you know itemized thing of what your mortgage is going to be about. And if there's sixty dollars a month to help pay for riskier mortgages, I mean that might be an option. Like uh, the I get from the gas company. Do you wish to pay for somebody who can't pay their gas bill? Yeah, you know, and yeah. so they could uh, they they could do it as an option. But I don't think you're going to see it. Yeah, there'd be no right. advantage yeah. to the mortgage industry to do something like yeah, that. Yeah, in terms of a program helping others, uh, but you you know you pay PMI if you uh, depending on how much equity you have, how much money you put down, and and how much you're borrowing uh, in terms of the loan to the value of the property, uh, and if it is above typically above eighty percent, um, then that you're borrowing, then you have a uh, a PMI that's attached to it, and that's an extra payment until you get below that 80% threshold on loan-to-value. But uh, those are, uh, again, those are things that have been in play for a long time, and it is not, the the idea is the opposite of punishing those who have done everything right to fix their credit, uh, you know, and and to uh, possibly or maintain good credit all their life, however it works. And that's where the reward typically comes in in the private sector is that, okay, we see that you're a lower risk. You pay your bills, and so we're going to reward you with a competitive rate. And that's what right. that's typically what yeah. you're going to see in the private Thanks, sector. Mike. Thanks, Mike. You know, yeah, I, I, I don't expect to see in those uh, uh, those companies that help you fix your credit. Yeah. I don't think you're probably going to see. And you, you can get your credit fixed, so we'll get you above 700 yeah. So then you can pay the surcharge to help somebody who has not improved their credit score. I will help you right now. Pay all of your bills on time, at least the minimum payment that you owe every month for one year, and check your credit score now and check it in 12 months. It will improve. If you haven't been doing that, it will improve. Don't increase your 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 uh, uh, your credit risk, which is what you owe. Don't run up your debt, and pay your bills, live within your means, and in one year, check your credit score. It will improve. If you haven't been practicing that until now, do that now. It may require getting a second job. It may require for some getting a third job. That's okay. It's hard, but it's okay if that's what you're looking to do. Well, everything is earned, is it not? Yep. Even a credit score. Yep. And I did, you know, remember the debate that was going on, really coming from the left, that it's unfair to use your credit score. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I can't tell you how many people I've talked to in the financial industry yeah, who have said, you know, people complain about the credit score. Yeah. But you can look at a credit score and you can tell the character. Oh, he said, all day. He said, for, it, it may not be 100%, mm-hmm. he said, but... <laughs> It's yeah. a, he goes. He goes. You can look at the history of where it's been, right? And and see, <clears throat> and if it's been in that range for a long time, it's pretty telling. Amazing the number of people that have used come back and they say, you know, they say, well, I'm not a number. But he goes, but the number represents something. Yeah. And the number represents. Goes and believe me, you can tell. He said, you. He goes, it's a very accurate portrayal of a person's character. 
their their credit score because it really I'm yeah. like oh that's really interesting because because remember that used to be a huge issue for Democrats mm-hmm. you can't do that you can't do that you can't do that it's not fair. Well, the fact of the matter is, is that if you're borrowing money, then you have to pay it back. Here's Jack in Detroit. Uh, I think I think he's got a unique uh, uh, idea here uh, for the Republicans in, in holding a debate. Hi, Jack. Welcome. You're on the radio. Hi. You're on Red Eye. Hi. Hey, thanks for taking my call. Um, you were concerned about the Republicans getting a fair shake between the networks for, for their debates. And uh, a simple solution would be to have CPAC host the debate, and then another debate, for example, could be hosted by the American Heritage Foundation, and then those venues could invite the networks to come in and cover the debate, and then everything would work out fine. No, I think that's a great idea. In fact, I think you could find moderators... In in the you know probably in the Heritage Society that don't why do why do they have to be media people but you know to in order to be the moderators we don't need reporters or anchors to be moderators right well he's saying that the networks would then cover that no I know I know that right. but but I'm I'm going even further than 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 he's going and right. that is well you could have a number of people that could be the moderators of the debate you don't have to rely on media individuals to right, be right but the whole point is the rnc wants the audience of those networks mm-hmm. and they're not going to get those networks to agree to it with an, other an audience with uh, with other to hosts. witness what if you're if you're saying well you're just gonna have to uh, do i'm it not on i don't i don't know i can't answer that question yeah. for you i'm just telling you what yeah, they, i know what, i know what, i know what their yeah, game is what, yeah. what yeah. they want they yeah. want the audience from those networks yeah, yeah. No, and, I, and I the, get it. And the networks aren't going to give them their audience unless they're people, the vast majority of their people. So they'll throw out the the token conservative who works for the, a David Brooks, for example, or something mm-hmm. like who's mm-hmm. not really a conservative. Mm-hmm. And so they're going to lay down again. <clears throat> yeah, yeah. And and that's and that's the problem. Now I like your idea. Mm-hmm. Have the Heritage Foundation do it, and then invite any network that wishes to if carry wanna, it. If you want to. Cover right. it or carry it, you can carry it or but, cover it. But if you want one of the big three, mm-hmm. they're going to want their people. Now, you could sit there and you could say, we're going to do this and we'll, we're going to go and maybe USA Network would carry it or mm-hmm. CW Network would carry it after the Live Golf Tournament. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I just, I'm sorry. Well, <laughs> because, you know, you, you have to ask yourself then, uh, what are what do you want exposure to? What do you what is it that you're wanting to put on display? Because we know what the networks want. They want their moments. They want their sound bites for the next week. Right. That's what they want. This is all about them. And if you're going to hand it to them, then you're going to lay down just like the RNC no. has been doing for a well, long, long time. I, I'll tell you what. I, but the, let me let me let me play one of the big three. Mm-hmm. Uh, Trump. DeSantis, uh, I don't know if they're going to have enough number. And the early ones, they'll probably get it. Ramaswamy, Nikki mm-hmm. Haley, mm-hmm. Chris Christie. Uh, now, here's a problem, because the RNC has said that they want everyone to sign a pledge that they will endorse the winner. And a lot of people have said, well, the problem is, Trump's never going to sign that. I thought about, well, will everybody else sign that? The reason right. everybody else is running 
It's because they don't want the other person. Is, is because they don't want, well, no, mainly they don't want, you know, the, the their, their supporters don't want Trump to be president. Mm-hmm. And the same thing, Trump supporters don't want the other ones to be president. Yeah. And so if you sit there and say, I will support Trump, well, you've just taken away your argument of why you're running. Right. So are they all just going to sign it and wink and say, okay, we signed it, but it's not legally. But am I going to be sued if I don't support you? No. 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 I think that's just stupid by the RNC to do that. Well, it is. Why are you calling everybody to the carpet? You must mm-hmm. promise. You must. That's what the liberals do. That Remember the question over and over again. Well, are you going to... Are you in the, in the general um, debate season? Will you concede? And it turned out that in 2016, Hillary was the one who didn't concede. She went home and threw a fit. I'm sorry. She threw a fit and then went home and threw a fit. Well, as as Obama said, never underestimate. The uh, ability for the RNC to <laughs> <laughs> Joe Biden and the RNC, and Joe Biden and the RNC to f, f things, things up. up. Yeah, yeah. No, they're going to walk right into it. Uh, Sean Brokaw, formerly semi-retired NBC, tonight on the debate stage. That's how it's going to go down. That's how it's all going to end. <laughs> ABC. And our conservative, George Stephanopoulos. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Oh. I forgot the one guy. And bring Dan I, Rather back. I can't think of his name. The, the one guy that they brought on one of the networks who's supposedly a conservative. And I was reading, I, I was watching the, tra- watching, I was reading the transcript on it. And it was like just a complete wimp in agreement with the Democrats. And I'm just like, and he's a, cons- that's one of the things that the, also the media has done. Yeah. They've put in fake conservatives as part of their panels and they're not really conservatives. Well, there's the thing is that, you know, if you're, if you find somebody who is not uh, a media reporter, who is not an anchor, not that they're not trying to make them, they, that, that it's impossible for them to try and make a moment for themselves. It's just you have less of a chance of that. They understand that tomorrow, you know, is going to be whatever it is and and whatever organization they represent. You know, I would love to see that kind of debate. Oh, I never finished my point before what the networks, because I got into the the fact of the whole thing of having to endorse the the candidate. Mm -hmm. No, what they want is they want they want to ask somebody about, you know, uh, you know, about uh, Trump and January 6th. They're yeah, not going to want right. to discuss the issues that Republicans wish to discuss. Yeah. You know, what right. separates you? My thing is, what separates you from the Democrats and what separates you from this based on the issues? Those would be the kinds of questions I would ask. Right. I know everything else. Mm-hmm. Mr. Trump, say something good about DeSantis. Shut up! Right. I mean, that's the dumbest. When they ask these idiotic questions, make it all issue-oriented. That's what right. I want. Right. That's what I want. Now, they what they want is to get Trump to be fighting with DeSantis. Mm-hmm. That's what they want, right? Right. I don't want that. I want to know. I want Trump to tell me why he's different than DeSantis 
why he's better than DeSantis and why he's better than any Democrat out there. Right. That's what I want to know. Right. And and the same for every candidate out there. Yep. But you're not going to get that. That's not what they want. No. Nope. And the RNC is going to cave. 866-90-RED-EYE. Get in touch with Red Eye Radio, toll free at 866-90-RED-EYE. It's Red Eye Radio. He's Eric Carney and I'm Gary McNamara, 866-90-RED-EYE, drip, 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 drip. This out just at uh, 5 a.m. Eastern Time. Blinken and his wife emailed frequently with Hunter Biden, raising questions about role in laptop cover story. Oh. Blinken has faced scrutiny over his role in spurring false claims that Hunter Biden's laptop was Russia, a Russia disinformation operation. Secretary of State Antony Blinken held a meeting with Hunter Biden at the State Department in July of 2015 when he was serving as Deputy Secretary of State. In the Obama-Biden administration, and Hunter was on the board of the Ukrainian energy firm Burisma. The ties between Blinken and Hunter Biden could face increasing scrutiny after former CIA director Mike Morrell testified uh, last week that Blinken, as President Biden's then-campaign senior advisor, played a role in the inception of the public statement signed by intelligence officials claiming Hunter Biden's uh, abandoned laptop was part of the Russia disinformation campaign just weeks before the 2020 presidential election emails from the infamous abandoned laptop that blinken sought to discredit show that hunter has ties to blinken and his wife dating back over a decade having scheduled meetings with him while he was on the board of burisma and blinken was deputy secretary of state my i guess the point is here i don't know where this goes but the fact is every single day there's another story well, and, every single day, and Blinken uh, also uh, being in charge of the uh, University of Pennsylvania Biden Center. Center. Yep, and documents found there. Wow! Holy cow! How deep does this thing go? Drip, 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 drip. This is Red Eye Radio on Westwood One. The Bigger Pockets portfolio of podcasts are worthy of your investment. We're having a real conversation as real real estate investors. New episodes available every day. It's important to buy where it makes money and not necessarily where you want to travel to. Bigger Pockets on the market, rookie real estate or money podcast. The purpose of flipping is to create more cash so then you can reinvest into other types of properties. The Bigger Pockets podcast on YouTube or wherever you listen. Welcome to Talkville, the ultimate Smallville rewatch podcast. Guest star Sarah Carter as Alicia Baker. Although I didn't really work with her a lot. But Tom did, and they had some real big smoochy scenes. Yeah. Can we talk about that? Could there be any more sex? What was a three-page makeout scene that just kept going? Good Lord. We get it. They have chemistry. Jump in now or catch up on any of the past seasons of Talkville on YouTube or wherever you listen.